Last week, uh, we were looking at a passage there in Colossians, uh, just four verses, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, and we got what I call an orientation to the Christian life. You got a, a realization that we um, have, some, you know, everything changes when you become a believer. Your, your view of things your, and your eyes are fixed on more what's to come than what's here, although obviously we have to live in the life here and God wants us to live in a way that's pleasing to Him while we're here. But it was all about what Christ has done for us and all, all about the, the truth that we are united with Jesus in His death and resurrection. And we even mentioned that baptism symbolizes that, right? We, we, have, we have died in the, in the sense that... Um, that sin no longer has reign over us. We, it has no longer what some call dominion over us. It's not our master anymore. Uh, we can say uh, no to sin, even though at times we choose to say yes. So we've died to sin, but we're alive in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit uh, as our... Uh, it's, it's like um, another place in Scripture it says the Spirit of Christ living in us, right, to empower us now. Uh, And we're in a strange situation. We're citizens of heaven, but we're living here on the earth. And there's a lot of tension in that, in how we live our lives. And today you're going to see the reality of that tension uh, as uh, the apostle lays out uh, not just uh, how things have changed for us kind of positionally with God, but uh, in our daily lives, how we live. So let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word here. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the fact that we can gather here in the name of Jesus Christ. And thank you, as Nick shared with us, just the reminder, all that we have in Jesus, all the forgiveness, past, present, and future. Um, because of Jesus, uh, we have anyone who puts their faith in Him is, is made right with God. We now have peace with God whereas there was not peace with God before. And so, Lord, we thank you so much, too, that, um, uh, that you don't just leave us here without uh, the resources we need to live this new life in Christ. You give us your Holy Spirit. You give us your Word. And so, God, we pray this morning. Uh, Lord, we just pray. We reach out to you and we say, Lord, we want to be men and women of the Spirit and of the Word. God, make us more that way. Make us more yielded to the Spirit. Let us more take in your Word, God. And let us stand on your Word. Let us live our lives by your Word. And though it may be in many times contrary to the the culture we live in, God, we know it's right. And so, Lord, empower us to do these things. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So. Our title this morning here is uh, Be Who You Are. Be Who You Are. Um, We're going to take a look at Colossians 3, 5 to 17. Today I'm just going to read the passage for you, but I would ask if you're able to, if you can, would you stand as I read the Word of God just in honor of it, in honor of the Lord's, of God's Word here. I'll just read, just listen. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is God's word. Please have a seat. In Galatians 5.24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its evil, with its passions and desires. Let me read that again. It says, Those who belong to Christ, so he's speaking to Christians, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh, if you had been my roommate after I first received Christ, you would realize that there is a you know, there's the declaration that we see here that, you know, I have crucified uh, the evil desires, uh, you know, but they're still coming out of me. Uh, I've still, I've got issues, and, you know, we can stay here all day and talk about them, although we're not going to do that. Um, but, but, you know, if we're honest, um, when you put your faith in Jesus, yes, things change, um, and what we've got to realize, though, is there's our position with God is totally changed. In other words, we are friends with God now, not no longer enemies of God. We're at peace with Him now. Um, but as we live our lives down here, we realize that uh, we've got some work to do in terms of our own lives and how we behave and how we live, that they're, they're not in alignment always with what God uh, wants us to do and how he wants us to live. And you have seen in this passage, uh, as we read it, uh, a list of a number of different things. Um, but it suffices to say that we're in a battle. <laughs> there's the spirit that, you know, in us, and then there's the flesh, the remaining indwelling sin, as it's called, and there's a battle going on. Every day, and it rages, it rages on. You can hear the Apostle Paul speak about his own internal battle. Listen to his words in Romans 7, Romans 7, 15 to 18, where he says, 
For I, okay, yeah, this is the Apostle Paul. He's a believer saying this. I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, he says, now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is, it is good. And so, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So, now, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right, but do not have always the ability to carry it out. I, I resonate with that. Um, that that battle. He's like, I, I want to do what's right, but I don't always do what's right. And that's the tension we live in that I was speaking of before. Even though we're, we're dead to sin and alive to God and have the Holy Spirit and we're citizens of heaven, but we're just not, uh, we're, we're a people in process. That's the thing. We're a people in process. And and so the first thing that you get out of this passage, or at least I did, was just the, the reality that we must be actively fighting sin in our lives. We have to be actively fighting sin. Uh, verse 5, Colossians 3, listen to what it says. The first few words, put to death. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Uh, so that's something that we participate in, the putting to death of uh, the things that are not in alignment with what God wants for us in terms of, um, and, and these, some of these things are internal things, not even things that we do, but things that we think, attitudes we have. And he mentions here, he says, sexual immorality. He says, uh, as a believer, sexual immorality has no place in our lives. That's not who we are. We're not sexually immoral people. That's not how we should live our lives. And, and this sexual immorality, just so you know, it just really just means any kind of sex that's out of bounds. Meaning, uh, if it's not within the confines of marriage between a man and a woman, it's out of bounds and therefore is considered sexual immorality. Impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, it goes on to say, uh, and then it says covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay, Really? You could say that idolatry is really the root of it all, <laughs> right? Something that's taking the place of God in our lives, that we're holding over and above where God has the rightful place on our lives. If something is controlling us, whether it be sexual sin or, or whether it says it's impurity in general or these evil desires, right? The root of those is typically idolatry or covetousness, which is you know, wanting something we couldn't, we can't have, right? Or that we, in some cases, that we don't have. Um, and so, uh, it's important for us to see that, you know, this, and by the way, this list is not ex exhaustive. We don't have to just work on these, okay? <laughs> these are hard enough. But I'm just saying, you know, when you look at Paul's letters to the churches, you'll see various lists. Uh, some, they call them lists of vices and virtues, right? And so, some of the lists overlap, uh, and so on. And so, um, but these are pretty much all common to all of us. Um, and so he's he's challenging us to say, "Listen, you're a Jesus follower now. You're a citizen of heaven. This, you know, you're dead to sin, alive to God. And these things should no longer be true of you. You know, these are things that you need to." 
uh, grow in and make progress in. And so um, I wanted to share with you something that Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote in his commentary on Romans, because Romans 6 has a lot to say about um, being dead to sin and so on. But he says, he says, the New Testament calls upon us to take action. Uh, it, it does not tell us that the work of sanctification uh, is going to be done for us. We are uh, in the good fight of faith, as he says in quotes, and we have to do the fighting. But thank God we are enabled to do it. For the moment we believe and are justified by faith, and are born again by the Spirit of God, we have the ability. All right, And he says, so the New Testament method of sanctification is to remind us of that, and, have re- and having been reminded us of it, it says, now then, go and do it. Um, so sanctification, a uh, big word, just meaning to, um, well, has a couple different meanings, but one is just to become more holy. That's what we're talking about today, become more Christ-like, more more in alignment in our character with that of Christ. But what we need to realize is that, you know, it's just not going to happen to you that you're, gonna, that you're just going to become more like Jesus, you know, just sitting in your chair, right? Um, and uh, I, I tell my students in the math class that, uh, um, and, I, and, I, and I, I have to hold, I hold them accountable every time I get into class, there are certain things they had to have done. And, and uh, by the nature of how things are done in the course, I can see electronically whether did they watch all their videos um, that they were supposed to watch all the way through. You know, uh, did they? And then they have to show me their notes. Like, did they take notes when they uh, watched their video lectures? Um, did they do their homework online? You know, there's all these things of like, and, and so it amazes me uh, the number of times. Uh, a person can come to class then, not having done any of those things, and they're supposed to do a handout that has everything to do with those things. Um, and so, you know, I get it. I was a student once, so I'm not being too harsh here. But I'm just saying that, you know, you can't expect to learn math just by sitting there. Right? I know, mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it? That's, I mean, this is strange fire here. What are we talking about? No, it's, you have to engage your brain. You've got to do something. Right? And so it's the same in the Christian life, right? We want to become more like Jesus, more loving, and, uh, or, or even to, to say we want to put off these uh, vices, if you will, these sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, right? If we want to make progress in putting those off, there's something we got to do. We got to be engaged in the battle, okay? Um, and certainly uh, part of that is, is certainly prayer, right? When you are tempted, in these areas, you need to go to prayer. Um, the Word of God plays a big part in this also in helping us bring the truth into the situation, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, but these are some kind of uh, sins that he mentions initially, but then he goes on in uh, verses 8 and 9 of Colossians, and he lists some sins that affect our relationships. Not, not that in those other ones don't uh, even secondarily do that, but just these sins that affect relationships in verses 8 and 9 of Colossians 3. He says, but now, but now, again, you've got to keep going back to saying, now what? Well, now that we are uh, in this position and have the power, uh, right, to, to live uh, the way God wants us to, but now you must put them all away. And then he lists anger, wrath, malice.
thus slander and obscene talk. Then he says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And so he's just saying, you know, uh, there's something about this community that we live in as believers, right? They're affected by these things, right? Our words, uh, the things we say to one another, right? And how we respond um, and whether if we're telling the truth to each other. It's important, right? Uh, and so he's just saying, listen, you need to put, put those away. Okay, it's just put those away. That's not who you are. And again, we know that more easily said or read than done, right? So we're not pretending that, you know, well, you're just not trying hard enough or something. But maybe the question is, are you trying? Are you engaging in the battle? Are you fighting sin in your life? Are you just letting it go and just thinking, well, I've got my fire insurance through Jesus, and therefore, he doesn't care. Um, couldn't be further from the truth, by the way. <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth because the scriptures would tell us that someone that doesn't care um, really is on thin ice in terms of saying, well, do they have an authentic relationship with Jesus or not? Only God really knows, but uh, that full assurance, uh, you know, I don't know that you could really have full assurance of faith if you're not uh, no longer caring about what you do with your life, okay? Now, um, let's talk uh, here. Do I want to talk about that? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where I am. Oh, yeah, Colossians 3, 5. Okay, so, which says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly passions, right? I don't want to, I, that's not the verse I want, I'm sorry. The guy that made these slides, which is me, messed up. Um, sanctification, there is a verse in here that really kind of drills down on three aspects of uh, sanctification. And that's what really, again, this is about. There's, you know, when you put your faith in Jesus, you're justified before God, you're declared righteous before God. Again, we went over that. That's your position. And, 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 uh, but now it's the living it out on this earth, right, until Christ comes. And verse 10 of, of chapter 3 of Colossians really talks about this. And there's three things I'll get into here with you in a second. But let's read verse 10. It says, and, uh, have, it says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So in, in verse 10 there, it, it, it gives us a couple of clues about what's happening with our sanctification and how it works in a sense. One is this, that sanctification, it's a process. It's a process because when you look at that verse, it says, it uses the phrase, is being renewed. That is an ongoing tense there, right? Is being renewed. So you know, it's not like you flip a switch and now, you know, you're, you're totally in alignment with Jesus' character. No, it's a process, right, is being renewed. So just realize that. Um, now, you can't keep telling your spouse or friends that, you know, as an excuse every time you sin against them, I'm in process, which is true, okay, but just don't continually use that as an excuse, okay. Um, 
What you need to do is if you're the one sinned against, you've got to remember they're in process. Okay? That's maybe a good way to think about it. Um, so um, in the idea of a process here, Philippians uh, reminds us of this. Philippians 1.6 in Paul's letter to them, he, in the Philippians he says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So the day you put your faith in Jesus is the day the good work begins, that God begins, and it's not going to be finished okay, until the day he returns. Uh, there's actually a verse that would tell us that, actually. If you take a look at 1 John 3, 2, 1 John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, uh, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. I can't imagine that day, uh, but it's going to be a day, I'll tell you that. Uh, it, but he's saying here, and what I'm picking up on is he's saying, um, when he appears, we shall be like him. Yeah, like him in the nature of his body, probably, but also I think like him in that that our process will be complete. Okay, our process will be complete. And so just realize you're in a process. Okay, you're in a process. And remember that too. Again, like I said, when you're on the receiving end of someone having a hard day, is that they're also, as a believer, if they're a believer, a person in process, and that love covers a multitude of sins. Now, um, Billy Graham wrote something in his book called Nearing Home, and I wanted to read it for you. It relates to this idea of being in process. And he shares a story about his wife, Ruth. His wife, Ruth. He says, my wife, Ruth, was one of those who could lighten heavy hearts, especially mine. I will never forget when she announced what she wanted engraved on her gravestone and for those who have seen, uh, who have so respectfully visited her gravesite at the Billy Graham Library, they have noticed that she, what she planned for was carried out to the letter. So what she wanted, Billy made sure happened uh, at the gravesite of his wife Ruth. And it says, long before she became bedridden, she was driving along a highway through a construction site. Carefully following the detours, mile by mile, cautionary signs, she came to the last one that said, end of construction. Thank you for your patience. She arrived home chuckling and telling the family about the posting. When I die, she said, I want that engraved on my stone. She was lighthearted but serious about her request. She even wrote it out so that we wouldn't forget. While we found the humor enlightening, we appreciated the truth that she conveyed through those words. Every human being is under construction from conception to birth. Each life is made up of mistakes and learning and waiting and growing, practicing patience and being persistent. At the end of construction, death, we have completed the process. I thought that was just a good reminder for us that as believers, we're under construction. It's a process. And Colossians 1.10 does allude to that. Is being renewed, right? Is being renewed. Now, the other thing we learn about sanctification here is that it involves being renewed in our knowledge. It, it involves being renewed in our knowledge. 
uh, as that verse says, uh, it's, I'll remind you, it says, um, and, having, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So this involves being renewed in knowledge. Knowledge of God, knowledge of His will for our lives. I don't know if you remember this, but earlier in the letter, um, we read in chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 9 and 10, it says, And so from the day we heard, Paul says, we have not ceased to pray for you. Remember the prayer? Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And, and so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This was Paul's prayer. I don't think it's any accident that he threw that in there in verse 10, knowing that he's coming towards this part in his letter where he's going to say, listen, you need to renew your knowledge of God. You need to understand who He is, right? And you need to understand His will for your life. Okay, And this is something that we all need to grow in. It, again, it's a process. And so we're, we should constantly be pursuing to growing in our understanding of God, right? I know better place than the Bible to, to do that uh, because God has revealed Himself to us in the Scriptures. And so we need to go there and study it. Uh, we need to work hard at that. And it is hard. It is hard. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I know some people that have, like, issues with reading. You know, they're dyslexic or they, they have other uh, learning disabilities. And so, you know, just do whatever you can to get in the Scriptures. Have it read to you, right? You can do it digitally. Um, but, but do whatever you can to increase your knowledge of God. And, and not only that, but just as you read the Scriptures, you'll learn, um, as we're learning here today, uh, that He has uh, some things He's explicitly stated that is His will for us. Right? His will for, for us. Did you catch several times in the passage today in Colossians it said to give thanks? We need to be a thanksgiving people. I like food. No, no sorry. I went to Thanksgiving, right? but... We gotta have hearts to give thanks, right? Um, and I know it doesn't mean to pretend that things aren't hard, but also to give thanks in trials, right? To know that they're even designed and allowed there by God to bring about this sanctification. Okay? It's part of God's curriculum for your life. All the things He takes you through. All the things He takes you through. So so it involves a renewing of our mind. I mentioned Romans 12 too. You should look that up again. But again, about the renewing of your mind and how critical that is. Um, you know, you've been programmed by the world. Uh, all your years you've grown up, and so have I. And we need to make sure the things that uh, are contrary to God's will, we need to get rid of those and put in there what God says and believe that truth. Um, the other thing uh, about sanctification before we move on here in this verse in Colossians 1.10 is that Christ-likeness is the goal. Christ-likeness is the goal of sanctification, is to be Christ-like. Um, and, and so when you see, um, you know, why do I say that? Let me go back to Col uh, Colossians 1.10. It says, 
and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Now, it says nothing about Jesus there, but I'll tell you what, uh, we have in this, in this letter already a connection between the image of God and Jesus Christ. If you recall, uh, Colossians 1.15, talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Right? In fact, it even goes to say that he created everything, right? So, so we're trying to be... Uh, What's happening is we're in a process where we're to become more like Jesus, to be more like Him. In fact, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, the Apostle Paul says again, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth. Interesting language to a guy that never gave birth. But, but just the idea, he's saying, you know, I kind of think it's, I'm just like dying because you guys, I want to, want Jesus to be more and more a part of your life, right? He says, uh, until Christ is formed in you. He's like, I, I want you to be more like Jesus. That's your destiny, you know, is to be like Jesus. And, and I'm just, um, you know, if you've got kids, right, and you, you think you're in control, we know we're not. The, the more they grow, the older they get, they become more independent, which is a goal in life, you know. Uh, but then you realize, you know, oh, that means they can make really dumb decisions, right? And some of them have greater consequences than others. And those ones that have great consequences, when you have no control, just kill you. Because, and I can imagine that's, that's what Paul's feeling here. He's like, my gut is just killing me because I want to see Christ formed in you, right? And that you're maybe missing out. I want God has for you. So anyway, Christ-likeness is the goal. That's what he, that's what sanctification is about, being becoming more like Jesus. Okay? So it's not really hard uh, to, to, to think about this whole thing uh, in the next part of the passage that we're in. I think I'm stuck, guys. Um, I'm on the one. I want to be on the slide that says we are to put on Christ-likeness. Um, Anyway, okay, well, you can, we can just do it the old-fashioned way. I can tell you, okay? Uh, so put on Christ's likeness, verses 12 to 15. The reason I say that is, so here we just talked about sanctification becoming more Christ-like. Well, now we get to the, uh, up at this point, the, the vices are just that. They're negative things, right, that we're supposed to put away. But now he says, uh, put on then. So now we have the put on. First we had the put off. Now we've got to put on. By the way, the language is similar language to taking clothes off and on. Right? And so he's like, I've, I've taken off my own clothes here, my BC days before Christ, and I'm putting on the new. Right? I'm, I'm becoming who I actually am. And so he, he says here, he says, put on then as God, God's chosen ones. This is the verse 12 of Colossians 3. Uh, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Uh, sounds like Jesus to me, right? Bearing with one another. And if one has to complain against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, we should be the biggest forgivers, okay? Because if we've received the magnitude of forgiveness we have as believers, oh my goodness, you know? Uh, if if we're, we're uh, withholding forgiveness, uh, we need to check ourselves to see if, you know, 
Are we really in touch with how sinful we are? All right? This is what he's saying. We need to, um, to forgive. You know, and sometimes uh, you've got to realize that forgiveness doesn't always mean that things are going to go back to the way they were with someone. Okay? Okay, um, I don't think God intends us to live life without boundaries with people either. Okay? But uh, if you don't forgive, you hold yourself in a prison, really, if you withhold that. You need to release that person at some point. Okay? And it, can, it might be a process, I get it, and you might be something where you thought you laid it down at the Lord's feet, but you picked it back up and you're hold, withholding bitterness. Because, because that stuff can just kill you uh, when you hold on to that um, unforgiveness. Um, and it says then in verse 14, and above all, put on, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In other words, if you're going to be loving people, you'll be forgiving them, you'll be meek, you'll be humble, right? All those things that was mentioning before, right? And so we've got to just realize that uh, we've got to put on Christ-likeness, right? Putting on Christ-likeness is the key. Um, and again, this takes effort. Right, it does take our part. We got the power to do this now, but we got to also just realize um, that it's going to take work, it's going to take effort, and you got to be prayed up, and you got to take these things to God when you're struggling with them, uh, when you're struggling with being kind towards someone, you're struggling with with pride. I'm sure nobody has trouble with that, um, but meekness and patience. Oh my goodness, that's a, you know, it's like you know, praying for patience. That's dangerous. Right, um, but we need to be more patient. Right now, a couple things just here um, in uh, finishing up, and one is I want to take a look at verses sixteen and seventeen of Colossians three. Uh, sixteen and seventeen of Colossians three, and my point here on Colossians three sixteen is a word sa- a word saturated believer and church facilitates spiritual growth. A word saturated Believer in church facilitates spiritual growth. Um, verse 16 of Colossians 3 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay? Now, if you just stop right there, what do you think it means for the word of Christ to dwell in you? Anybody? You got to know it, right? Dwelling in you is it's like it has its home there, right? It's like it's at home. And, and having the Word of God, the Word of Christ, if you will, in us, uh, the Scriptures, the Word of Christ in us, dwelling in us richly. Um, these guys that are going to play football today, okay, the Super Bowl. Can I say that? The big game. Sorry, the big game. Uh, there used to be a whole thing about that. Uh, maybe there still is, and we'll be taken to court. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> about the beginning, they've had to memorize hundreds, probably, if not thousands of plays. Okay? I mean, to be a football player these days, you have to be pretty smart, actually. Okay? There was probably a characterization in the past where you didn't really have much of a brain if you were playing football or something. I don't know. But you've got to be smart. Okay? 
committing these plays to memories that it's just like, you know, when I, when I, I wasn't a football player, but when I played baseball, we, we had these drills where we called them situations. And we would do it in the gymnasium, usually in the spring, and we'd have a little mock field set up there. And uh, you had to know your position so that, you know, if there's a runner on first and third and there's two outs, what are you going to do? Every situation. So we had, to, we had those memorized so that you didn't have to think about it. You just did it, right? The reason I'm bringing that up is that, you know, to have part of having the word of Christ dwell within you richly is taking it in so that you have access to it. Memorize it. Take it in there. Bring it up. Think about it, right? You know, we want a medal when we, we want a medal when we memorize one verse. No, no, it's got it's to be in there, right? Um, however you can get it in there. And everybody's different how they memorize Scripture, okay? I'm very auditory. I'm very auditory. I, I put it in this app in the Bible, and I, and I, I say I'm memorizing this verse, and I on my commute, uh, it's in there. I can memorize a verse by the time I get to work because it's just going over and over. I mean, if anybody was in the car, they'd be going insane. Just over and over. And I'm just, and eventually I can start to say the phrases with it. And then I can say the whole thing with it, right? Um, but that's not everybody. Some people are visual learners um, or, or kinesthetic, and they got to be active. So maybe you got to write it out a hundred times. Maybe you got to, you know, say it while you're writing it. Or maybe you got to draw a picture to help you connect some of the phrases. And I don't know. I don't care how you do it. We got to have the word of Christ dwelling in us richly. Um, and he says, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. You can't teach anybody if you don't have the word of God in you. What are you going to give them? You, can, you can't export what you haven't imported, right? This is, this is ministry to one another here, it's saying, right? As believers, right? So, Part of the sanctification process, part of the putting off and the putting on is going to be one another ministry, okay? And you need to be well-versed in the Word or, or learn as you go so that you can uh, help others, help one another, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. And the last thing I'll mention is the catch-all. Verse 17 is like the catch-all. You know, he has these lists of, do, you know, of these vices and these virtues. And, and then, um, but you know, there's not a verse for every situation in life. <laughs> yeah, surprise, okay, if you didn't know that. Um, but this, this verse 17 might guide you in decision-making, okay? Verse 17, it says, um, and whatever you do, that's the catch-all. And whatever you do, in word or do, in word or do, in word. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, let me reel it back here. In word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So whatever you're doing, might be driving the kids to school. You know, uh, it might be. Uh, you know, cooking up dinner tonight, right, guys? Oh, yeah, I hear a lot of women. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Just a, just a heads up. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay, so whatever you do, 
Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is like, you know, whatever am I, I'm doing, um, I need to do it in a way so that I can say, am I, am, am, is how I'm doing this compromising my faith? Is, is what I'm doing or how I'm doing it compromising my Christian faith? Or can I do this in the name of Jesus, what I'm doing now, whose reputation is at stake in the conduct of his followers? Right, that's some that's that's hard stuff, isn't it? I'm not, saying, and I'm not saying I got that down. I'm just saying, but that's what it means to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Like if you could put his name on it, and he would be proud of it, right? Um, you, you know, so that, that kind of a verse, when we're talking about um, sanctification and putting off and putting on, and, and, and it can help you make good decisions, okay, in your life. And, and it might at least narrow the field, okay? It might eliminate some bad options that you would know would cause you to compromise your faith or would cause, you, cause the Lord to say, I don't want my name on that. And am I thanking God as I do the right thing? Am I thanking God as I, as I, by God's grace, do the right thing that he directs me to do? As I do it in his name, am I thanking God? Thanking God. Well, this was an easy lesson today, wasn't it? It's a lifetime, isn't it? It's a process. Um, but, you know, it's good to be reminded of these things. Especially that growth in our walk with Jesus takes effort. It really does. Um, if you want to grow, you've got to be engaged in your walk with the Lord, right? And you've got to have people around you to help you on that walk, right? And he, as he mentioned, some of those one another's here in these scriptures. Um, but thanks be to God, though, that we have his indwelling spirit. And he gives us all the resources we need. And, and as it says in Peter, right, everything, everything that we, we have everything we need with respect to life and godliness. Uh, thank you, Lord. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are just challenged. I am personally challenged by these um, vices and virtues, if you will, these um, commands to put away the old life and to put on the new life. God, we, we need your help. Whether it's things that are more internal and attitudinal in our lives, in our hearts, um, passions that are out of control and not in alignment. Um, Lord, help us. Father, we also just pray that you'd help us to treat each other with love and those around us with love. Binds all these things together, as it says. God, let us be ones who um, become increasingly uh, more familiar with your word. We're never going to arrive there. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey with Jesus. If you know him, um, just take, just start, pick up the Gospels. Just get in there. Get in a letter of Paul's and just start learning what he has for you, what he's given you, what he's like. And start hanging on to those truths and standing on the promises 
and ordering your life according to His will, by His grace. And when we fall short, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Just confess it, and by His grace, move on. Lord, we thank You. And pray that the things You've given us today, whatever You've spoken to our hearts, Lord, let us not let, us not let it fall to the ground. Let it not fall to the wayside, but let it produce fruit in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.